0: Hi everyone, this is Christine. Before getting started with the segment, I do want to remind you all that I have an upcoming six-week course that I'm really excited about. If you're interested in learning the fundamentals of Vedic astrology, learning all about the houses and the signs and the planets, uh, not just the generic information that you might find online, but everything comprehensively put into one unit, please go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on group study module, and you can learn a little bit more about the six-week course that I'm offering, and if you have any additional questions, please feel free to email me at astrologynowpodcast@gmail.com. At I realized that there was a glitch on the website before, so if you had have wanted to register, you would have gone and not been able to. So Mercury had a little bit of fun with me. It should be up and running, and I hope to see you there. All right, please enjoy the segment. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez and I am so grateful to be sitting here. Um, I understand it's super late. It's like 6 p.m. here in Austin, Texas and I know that I usually post in the morning. Obviously my schedule has been a little bit different and I want to say that there's going to be a day I'm going to be more disciplined with that again but I don't want to make any false promises. I'm kind of liking the leniency of not Um, having a specific time that I'm trying to get it out. So hopefully you all don't mind that. Um, I'm still going to try to get them out on Friday though and continue with that. So if you follow me on Instagram, I've been a little bit active on Instagram today and I've gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of interaction with you all, which I love. I love getting to connect and hear about how astrology is impacting you and just kind of you know talk and some of you I feel like I've I've really gotten to connect with and know in a way which is super rewarding for me but something that kept coming up is that people were wondering how this eclipse is going to impact them and so it's very difficult to give a super direct response because I haven't seen everybody's chart right and we want to see what planets are being transited over in your natal chart, what planets are being aspected, and all of that. But I thought that I would give a very general little reading for all of the 12 signs. So we're going to do that today. (laughs) And another thing is that someone was asking, um, one one of my favorites, I don't pick favorites, but someone who I communicate often with, was asking if we should read from the ascendant or the moon sign. And so this is a great question. And the way that I was taught is that you want to look at transits from both the natal chart and the moon chart. Now, reading transits from the natal chart may give a more concrete and literal interpretation, whereas from the moon chart, you may find that the transit is a more internalized experience, a more private experience. It may even be be a more um, emotional experience, right? Something that may not be as evident to the outer world. This is the way that I was taught. The way that it showed up for me in my life, always I look at both. I look at my natal chart and I look at my moon chart. It works every time. You want to look at the moon chart. So that being said, when I'm saying the transit, whenever I'm doing the mini reading for um, all the 12 signs, look at it from your ascendant and your moon sign. So listen to both. Know where your ascendant is, know where your moon is, and look into both because you may be surprised. Um, Lunar eclipses as well. It's such an emotional time, um, which emphasizes the moon chart, in my opinion. So definitely keep an eye out for that. The other thing that I wanted to address is that people are having a pretty difficult time. And I suppose, I mean, I'm, you know, things have come up for me that I've never experienced in my life. (laughs) And I'm like, totally disoriented and trying to uh, become accustomed to my new reality. And so I'm going to use myself as an example, because I understand that a lot of us are going through an intense time. Somebody in one of my classes had a stroke. Um, So many people are having these health issues or major breakups. It's like stuff that, Um, doesn't typically happen, right? It's just really intense energy. And so using myself as an example, and I'm not by any means a master of any of this. This is just my own coping, right? I ask myself, what is it that I'm trying to control, protect, or avoid, okay? And so sometimes just by reminding myself that I can't control everything. I mean, there is very little in this life that we have control over, um, which, you know, can be liberating depending on how you want to look at it. And fortunately, we are in control of our reaction and how we respond and how we interpret um, Mm -hmm. and how we decide to take care of ourselves and nourish ourselves. So there's so much that we do have control over. And there is so much in the outer world, um, sometimes in our bodies, like with illnesses, that we don't, we don't really have a lot of control over. And so looking at that or other people, right? Like with relationships, we cannot control how somebody else thinks or feels, no matter how much we beg, no matter what we say, no matter what we do, no matter how many gifts we give. Ultimately that person is going to interpret our actions and our words and our responses, and they are going to do with that information what they will, right? We cannot manipulate them into being the way we want them to be. And I think that it can be so liberating to be like, wow, like that person made a decision and now I'm my own person and I'm going to make my own decisions. And so this is you know, an example for relationships. So trying to release the control of other people or outside stimulus, and simply focusing on, okay, well, no matter what happens, rather than, and I've quoted this before, it's from Sadhguru, rather than focusing on how I can fix the world around me, how can I fix myself so that literally no matter what happens, I'll be okay? Um, That is what I really try to focus on. And most of all, no matter what happens, I'm not going to desert myself. I'm not going to sacrifice my needs or my wants or my emotions or my time. You know, I'm not going to sacrifice these things that are important to me for the sake of whatever, you know, it's self-sacrifice because we're afraid of being alone or we're afraid um, that no one's ever going to love us or we can't do it by ourselves. All of those things are genuinely false Narratives and it comes from a deep, wounded part of ourselves that needs our love and our attention, which is an entire other topic that would take hours to talk about, right? I hope that this is making sense. But anyway, so focusing on what we can control and making ourselves fortifying ourselves, right? Making ourselves invincible to the circumstances. No matter what happens, we've got our own back, we're gonna make it through it. Now, protection. What are we trying to protect? Are we afraid of getting hurt? Are we afraid of losing something? Um, Are we afraid of being alone? Typically, if we go down this line, we're going to come to this point where it's survival. We're afraid of being alone because we were abandoned at some point. We're afraid of being hurt because we were hurt deeply at some point. We're afraid of not being heard because there was a point in our life where nobody hurt us. We're afraid of, um, I mean, I think I mentioned being alone because we were alone a lot. Or we're afraid of letting somebody in because the last time that that happened, when we were little, you know, maybe somebody hurt us really deeply in a way that we should not have been hurt. So it, it really does just sitting down and looking at where these fears are coming from, these anxieties, um, resistance, that's another big one, avoiding. I, the avoiding is kind of like that, not letting somebody in um, or avoiding circumstances for the fear of the outcome, even if it's something that we want to do, right? It's like we want to apply to grad school and we're afraid we're not going to get in, so we're just not going to do it. Um, numbing is another one. It's like, if you're numbing yourself on a regular basis, why are you numbing yourself? What is under there that you're trying to numb? And on the eclipse itself, again, it it may be a little bit too fragmented to do this deeper interpersonal work. So I don't recommend necessarily trying to get to the root of all this on the eclipse. But this is the type of thing that's going to be coming up. This being triggered in terms of, um, yeah, just, just trying to protect ourselves or trying to defend ourselves or trying to control outside stimulus. So trying not to get so wrapped up in the outer world and focusing a little bit more on the inner world. I think that that is going to do us all um, a lot of justice. And eclipses are a time of internalization and looking within, getting in touch with, you know, our own inner psyche, it's really not the best time to project out, again, to try to control outside forces, Um, it's to try to manipulate situations, it's really not the best time. If, If you do, it may blow up, it may get bigger, it may exacerbate the situation, it's a good time to diffuse conflict, to diffuse any manipulative tactics, and just focus on yourself. Give yourself your own time. Give yourself the love and attention that you're needing. You're capable of doing that. As hard as it is, I'm not perfect at this by any means. And this is this is spiritual work. Everything that we need is inside of us. Everything that we need or that we want lies within us and oftentimes if it is that we are trying to be with someone right we're trying to manipulate a situation for someone to respond a certain way those people generally have some quality about them that we actually desire so this person is very ambitious or charismatic or they have you know a lot of friends or how can you take steps to embody that right? What is in that person that you're craving that you can actually cultivate inside of yourself? Because we are, we're just mirroring one another, right? So whatever qualities is in that person, it's already inside of you. And then of course, you know, I don't want to brush over and negate uh, loneliness or that feeling of disconnection when we have a fight for someone with someone else, because that's absolutely real. And there are so many different circumstances, but I don't know, I just decided to go off on a tangent about this. Maybe someone somewhere will benefit from my 11 minutes of tangent. I am going to go ahead and talk about the signs. So switching gears a little bit. Looking at the signs, so going back to what I was saying, this is going to impact your rising sign and it's also going to influence your moon sign. So if you are an Aries ascendant or an Aries moon, this eclipse is going to be taking place in your ninth house. This is of your teachers, of your gurus, of foreign travel, of your dharma. Are you being confronted in any way um, about your path in life, your purpose, what you are here to do? Are you questioning your teachings? Are you having some type of realization? You may even be having wanderlust because this is the ninth house, right? With Jupiter and K2. This is so powerful for spiritual teachings and reflecting on your teachings. Okay, so I really do hope that you take this day to engage with that and, and definitely reflect on what you're following and why and also your path and where you're going and maybe find some clarity around that after the eclipse is over. If you are a Taurus ascendant, this is happening in your eighth house, okay? This is pretty intense for Taurus ascendant. This is deep realization, deep transformation. Um, Underground knowledge may come to the surface, something that you weren't expecting. You may have realized this, right? Something... um, underground or hidden or forgotten about there may also be something in regards to finances because the sun is also going to be um, of course in your second house excuse the background noise I'm too lazy to get in my closet anymore but for Taurus ascendant, this is going to be big the eighth house represents loss and uh, transformation separation and also that deep underground knowledge so you may just discover something I wanted to mention um, on my previous podcast I discussed that around the Eclipse is when things come to light and The day itself is generally a little bit less clear and a little bit more fragmented Um, This woman in the Jeffrey Epstein case. I'm so sorry for getting her name got arrested And then for those of you who are familiar with Nako bear uh, Nako, I'm a huge fan. He influenced my life in so many ways. His music had deeply touched my soul um, he's getting charged for sexual allegations, and all of this came out in the last few days, or at least um, a little bit bigger, a little bit more intensely. Um, apparently, those allegations had been around for a while, but he's just now, like, getting put under pressure for it. And I mean, it's the first time I've heard about it, and other people have heard about it. Um, and then, of course, this woman got arrested. So those things, like, this is very much eclipse energy, Okay. Um, But Taurus Ascendant, definitely take care, definitely be mindful. So if you are a Gemini Ascendant, this is going to be occurring, or a Gemini Moon, right? Gemini Moon as well. This is going to be occurring in your seventh house. So this is huge for relationships, for your business partners, and your sense of self and your identity. So for Gemini and Sagittarius, the past several months Um, as the nodes have been in Gemini and Sagittarius, it's been huge for relationship and personal identity. This eclipse may bring information into the light regarding relationship and romance or, you know, your personal life, who you are in regards to romance and intimacy. It could also be with business partners as well. If you are a Cancer ascendant, this is going to be, the eclipse is going to be taking place in your sixth house. So certainly be mindful of your health. Health issues may come to the surface. You may realize something about your health. Um, this is also a powerful time for your co-workers. There may be extra help that is needed in the office. It may be that there are more obstacles at work that are needed, that you need to overcome, I should say. And then of course the sun and mercury and rahu are in your 12th house, so Beware of hidden enemies, beware of burglars, right? This is definitely a time to be very safe with your car when you're walking at night, uh, locking your door. Um, Of course, your dreams may be more powerful and you may be receiving messages through your dreams as well. If you are a Leo ascendant, this eclipse is taking place in your fifth house of creativity and children. It can also be your education. With this being in the fifth house, this may, you know, for everyone, this is going to be huge for teachers, teachings, and our belief system. Uh, For you particularly, Leo moon or Leo ascendant, this is big for uh, your teachers or your students. There may be something if you're in a teaching position, there may be some intensity with your students. Um, It may be big for your children, the relationship with your children, something with your kids may come to light. It's also possible that you have a creative breakthrough or, or you know a creative blackout on the eclipse itself, maybe fragmented. Of course, the Sun, Mercury, and Rahu are also in your 11th house. So your friends, your network circles, uh, community, there may also be something in these areas in your network circle of friends or um, again, com- community in some regard. If you are a Virgo ascendant, this eclipse is going to be taking in your fourth house. So taking place in your fourth house. Sometimes I start talking so fast that I just start missing words. So I've gotta, (laughs) it's my mercury. Gotta watch out for that. So this is going to be taking place in your fourth house. And so the fourth house is your inner stability. It's your home, it's the homeland. It can also be your mother. I should also say for Aries, Aries ascendant, um, Aries moon, there could be intensity with your father. With Virgo, there may be something with your mother. There may be something with your inner sense of stability. You may feel a little bit rocked. You may feel a little bit less on kilter. Okay, you may feel a little wobbly, a little insecure. It's going to get better, it's definitely going to get easier. Um, And then, of course, there may be that intensity with your mom, the Sun, Mercury, and Rahu are in your 10th house of career. So be careful with miscommunications around your job. Again, your career may feel a little bit less oriented, you may feel a little less directed, and that's certainly going to get easier when Mercury does go direct. Mercury is your first house ruler, Virgo. Mercury is one of your main planets. It controls your first house, it controls your 10th house, and now it's retrograding. You and work may feel confusing. I promise it's going to get easier. And remember, this is pretty general, right? I can't see your full chart. If you are a Libra ascendant, this eclipse is going to be taking place in your third house. So the third house also has a lot to do with your education, um, kind of your hobbies, it, it can also represent interest in foreign places or foreign lands, just kind of learning about various things. Um, also dexterity, working with your hands, our communication, how we present in terms of mass media. So your Instagram account, your Facebook account, all of this is very mercurial and third house energy. So with this eclipse taking place in your third house, I sense, you know, this is going to be big for you and your teachings because the sun, Mercury and Rahu are also in your ninth house. So with this ninth house, third house energy, this is a lot to do with your dharma, your sense of purpose around education. You may feel like you just want to learn everything because K two and Jupiter are also sitting there in your third house. The third house has a lot to do with like writing articles. It's a very studious house. I, th- I think that that gets underemphasized because the ninth house and the fifth house generally take the wheel, but the third house has a lot to do with this as well. So you may just feel like you can't get enough and you're just wanting to learn everything. Questioning your dharma may also come into place. Wondering if you're doing the right thing, if you're learning the right thing, if you're going in the right direction. When Mercury goes direct, it's gonna get easier. This eclipse, Hopefully, after the eclipse, it will bring some clarity. And remember, this entire year is confusing. Once Jupiter and Saturn go direct at the end of the year, things, I promise, are going to feel a little bit better. Of course, particularly into 2021. If you are a Scorpio ascendant, this eclipse is going to be taking place in your second house, right? Of finances, of your speech, of your early childhood of small assets. Of course, the sun, Mercury, Rahu are going to be in the eighth house of transformation. There may be something around wealth or finances come into the spotlight. Be mindful of your speech. You may actually feel a lot of energy when it comes to your communication and you may want to connect a lot, particularly with your voice. Just be mindful of the words that you choose. It's an excellent time for mantra. So if you're interested in chanting with Ketu and Jupiter in this eclipse happening in your second house, which represents your mouth in many ways, chanting, mantra, mantra meditation is so powerful of all the signs I would probably recommend for you to do mantra on this eclipse. If you are a Sagittarius ascendant, of course, this is going to be taking place in your first house of yourself with the sun, Mercury and Rahu in your seventh house. So again, as I said with Gemini, this is big for relationships. It's you. This is happening in your first house of yourself. Energy is going to be intense. You may feel a little bit fragmented on the day of the eclipse. I definitely recommend taking it easy, taking things slow, reading holy scriptures, reading sacred scriptures, just kind of trying to really embody spiritual teachings or the lessons that you've learned, right? And so many of the Sagittarius that I've met would be on board with this. Like, I feel like Sag right now is. Um, really they've been going through a massive transformation but giving yourself special time and if you are not really into reading spiritual texts or meditating or chanting or any of that try just sitting quietly with yourself and tuning in to your body because the first house it can also the entire chart represents our physicality right different parts of our body but the first house is truly our composition Uh, with this eclipse just check in Get in tune with your body. See how you're feeling. Take five minutes to do a body scan. Um, But deep personal realization may come to the surface. You may have uh, some insight, some massive insight, and it may have already happened. You may be listening to this and be like, oh, my God, I already had my massive insight. Typically, again, this is going to happen a few days before the eclipse. So it may already happen. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. If you are a Capricorn Ascendant, this is going to be taking place in your 12th house. So this is your subconscious mind. It's another house to look to for creativity. Rahu, Mercury, and Sun are going to be taking place in the sixth house, of course. So with this eclipse, though, occurring in your 12th house, this is also deep subconscious information coming to the surface. So be mindful of your dreams. Be mindful of automatic thoughts that are arising. You know, thoughts that you're not necessarily aware of, like uh, words or phrases that are on repeat, that maybe they've been on repeat for so long you haven't noticed them. So be mindful of, of your thought process, of your subconscious thinking, particularly of your dreams. I will say this may be a little bit disturbing. Um, there may be sleep disturbances, you may feel a little bit restless, so just take some really good care of yourself. Something that I've been recommending to everybody is Calm Magnesium. I'm not sponsored by them. That would be super cool if I was, but I'm not. Um, but it's like this magnesium drink, and it helps your muscles relax. That's what um, magnesium can do. And so when you drink it, you just feel super mellow and super relaxed. So it might be really nice for you. Um, of course, check any allergens or anything like that. I don't I don't know if anyone can be allergic to it, but be, be careful with that. Um And so with Rahu, Mercury, and Sun in the 6th house, this can also impact your health, right? So be mindful of your health. Be mindful of how much you're working. Overextending yourself and working too much could be a possibility right now. So make sure that you're taking time to relax. Creative ideas may come to you as well, That it's a pretty good time for Capricorn and creativity. If you are an Aquarius ascendant or Aquarius moon, This is taking place, the eclipse will be taking place in your 11th house, once again, of network circles, of friendship, of financial, of great financial gain, of your hopes and wishes. I forgot to mention that for Leo ascendant, The 11th house is also your hopes and wishes. So notice, is there some change in your desire and what you want to do in your grand scheme of things? This could also feel like a massive call for humanitarian efforts to create community, to connect. So there might be some movement in those areas for you, Aquarius, isn't it? You're already revolutionary, so you may be feeling a lot more energy in that place. With Ketu and Jupiter here, it's, you're pretty influential right now as well. You're going to have an impact on people around you. Of course, with Sun, Mercury, and Rahu, this is a pretty positive time for like romance and um, creativity. Though with the Mercury retrograding, there might be some of that miscommunication. And with Jupiter retrograding, it may feel like you feel uh, your hopes and wishes shifting or you feel this desire to create community and you're not necessarily sure how to direct it. Um, It may feel a little, you know, you're in the process. You're in the cooking process. It's just not a complete formed goal or thought yet. Okay. So let that keep percolating. You're going to get more clarity as the year goes on. If you are a Pisces ascendant, Mars is in your first house. So be mindful of, you know, especially if you have moon and Pisces, uh, Pisces ascendant, be mindful of accidents, be mindful of overheating, be mindful of, um, Aggravation or speaking out too soon, you may be kind of quick to react. Certainly, be mindful of overheating. Drink lots of water. But this eclipse is taking place in your tenth house of career, so there may be something big at work. There may be something that arises at work that you weren't aware of. Um, you may, you know, have clarity around your job. You may decide that you want to change jobs. It could also just be that there is extra intensity at work or something comes to the surface, once again, around your career field. Now with Jupiter and K2, this could be a deep spiritual insight and it could even involve somebody at work or being at work. So just be mindful of that. So this is my quick interpretation of how the eclipse may impact you. I hope that it was helpful. I do have some segments that I've already recorded that I'm hoping to publish, but sometimes the day comes and I just feel like recording something new. So who knows what will end up happening with that. As always, if you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow my Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast and on Twitter, astrologynow underscore. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.